Stand your feet with me quickly. Stand your feet with me. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 20. What I'd like to do here today is I'm just going to read through this, this text quickly, and then we're going to kind of have some fun breaking this down. I also want to um, give thanks where I believe it's due. I want to thank the Pattersons, the Beckers, the Smiths, all those people, the, the Velasquez, everybody who has literally come in for the last three weeks and helped us every Sunday, Saturday, during the week, tear down, clean up, reset everything. Y'all don't even know. You just walk it like everything's great, but no, we've worked hard the last few weeks. Amen. Let's give honor to them. Let's thank God for their lives. Amen. You can go, you can yell. It's okay. Yeah. Hey, thank you that I got to stay home and rest so you could be here working. Thank you. Amen. And then lastly, I want to, I just want to acknowledge today, uh, Brother Firm Velasquez back there. He is back there translating in Espanol. For the first time, he's got to keep up with my pace, my speed, my craziness. Pray for him. I'm thankful for the, the translation that's happened today. Okay, Matthew 20, verse 20. Reads this way. The mother of Zebedee's sons. I'm going to call her all sorts of things today because we don't have a name for her. The mother of Zebedee's sons. I'm just forewarning you, okay? Mama Zeb, whatever, okay? Mama Z. She brought her sons to Jesus. And kneeling down, asked a favor of him. Now, I don't know if, if they all were kneeling, if it's just her kneeling, but I'm just trying to visualize this in my head. I, I like, I'm an imaginative uh, kind of learner. I, I, I'm a visual learner, so I got to see things. And when I see it, ah, it makes sense. So he, she kneels before me and she asks him a favor. And Jesus responds, what is it you want? I don't believe he was being, you know, like bogus. Like, what do you want now? I don't, I was like, okay, what can I do for you? What, what do you want? And she said this, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other will sit at your left hand in your kingdom. <laughs> Check out Jesus' response. You don't know what you are asking. He said to them, can you drink the cup I'm about to drink? Now, of course, without even really knowing what that is, they're like, yeah, absolutely. We got this, Jesus. Yeah, we can. They answered, and Jesus said to them, okay, you will indeed drink from my cup. Right there, I'd have been like, you know what, time out, Jesus. Hold up. Okay, wait, what is this cup, bro? <laughs> What's happening? You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right hand or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. I just want you to know real quickly, God has something prepared just for you. And he isn't making it up as your life happens. It's already prepared. Somebody put your hands together and thank him for that. It's already prepared. Okay. Of course, the next part is kind of where I think many of us will fall into if we're not careful. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Look at your neighbor and say, not so with you. Not so with you. Okay. Instead, whoever wants to become great, someone declares my goat year. Okay, It's my goat year, right? My, my, this is my greatest year, as we've talked about. But whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. This next part is hard. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave be crazy if Jesus just left it there, right? But isn't he the kind of leader, the servant leader? Let me show you, not just tell you. 
just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many somebody throw up your hands and be help me pray right now father we thank you for your word may this word do what it's supposed to do may it penetrate our hearts may it clarify our thoughts may it remove doubt and deceit may it build faith but may it help us establish today we're here to serve if my king can do it i can do it and get all the glory from this service in this word in jesus name we pray let all god's people say amen Amen. Just before you're seated, look at somebody and say, you better serve. You better serve. You better serve. Amen. You can be seated. You can be saved. So thank you, firstly, for, uh, for being in the house of God when you could have been on spring break. Thank you for that. That's not a knock, Pastor Bethel. I love you. But <laughs> here you are in his presence. And I'm grateful that you're here. What I'd like to do as we were kind of coming out of that kingdom series is I'm still feeling the need to, to talk about the kingdom and, and, and really in, in reference to what Jesus came to do. It wasn't just to give his life. That was part of it. But it came to establish his kingdom because that's what's going to last forever. Okay? And so as I think about, about, about the kingdom and I think about how growing up in church, I've seen a, a lot of of people kind of attach themselves to famous singers, famous preachers, uh, people that have some clout. Um, you know, they, 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 well, yeah, let's call it what it is. It's actually, in fact, I, I, uh, Tiana helped me title this message today. Um, it's a term that came out a few years ago. It's called clout chasers. Anyone heard that term before? Clout chasers? Anyone not, maybe not want to raise your hand and say maybe you know a couple clout chasers? Come on. Their YouTube content is just for the purpose of getting followers, right? Getting clicks, getting likes, clout chasers. Here's really the definition of a clout chaser. You're, just, you're the individual who's looking to feed off someone else's popularity. And, and you'll latch on as, as long as you can uh, to, to make you, maybe, maybe it makes you feel more important. Maybe it makes you feel special. Or, or in the end, you're, just, you're looking to be known, looking to be noticed. And, and I, I've realized in... in in just, again, not just in my church experience, but in talking with some of you, you know, some people will just do anything for clout, right? They do anything for clout. They do anything for clout. They do, watch out. They do anything to be known, to be recognized, to be, to be seen, to, be, to, to feel important. Anything, okay, anything. I wore my old J's today, my old J's. Ella loves my old J's. Pastor Ola was like, why are you wearing those old things? They're ugly. They're yellow on the bottom. Because I don't care what you think of me. I mean, I, I do, but I don't. Okay? Because, uh, yeah. look, I'll, I'll rock these things because I know, I know some of you would rock these things. Tiana, give them that image. Some of you would rock these things. Come on. You know you would. No, but look at it. Look at it. They are ugly and unnecessary. Why does that croc have a heel with a croc on it? Good Lord. And yet here we are, we, we'll do anything. And, and, and listen to me, if these things gave you clout, some of you would go out and buy them this afternoon. Woo! Good Lord. Kristen, don't you dare wear them on the stage. I love you. I love you. So what is clout? By definition, clout is to have influence. It's to have power. It's to have sway. But the other definition of clout is this. It's pretty cool. It's to hit or smack a person or an object with force. 
Someone say clout. Yeah, clout. Here's what I mean by clout. Tian, let's put on that video real quick. This is what I mean by clout. This is what I mean by this definition of clout. When you open up the Bible and the scriptures hit you like, come on, somebody. Anyone ever been there, recently been there? Come on, you just open up that bad boy. Oh, clout. I just got clouded by the holy word of God. Amen. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. Let's stop playing it because it's so cute. I got to stop. So uh, Zion had a YouTube channel years ago. He doesn't really put much content on it anymore, but he used to have this YouTube channel. Please go and subscribe, right, my guy? There you go. I got you, big guy. He's looking really embarrassed right now. But he had this YouTube channel. We would do some, just some stuff, just to you know, try to get clicks and likes and whatever and subscribers. And, and I, it kind of, when I think of those days when we were making these things, I realized that, that there's so many kids today that are obsessed with popularity. They'll do anything for clout, anything to, to be noticed. And, and maybe you know some of these people that are just they're driven and obsessed by what people think about them. It's crazy to me that they will spend so much time trying to impress people who aren't even paying attention to them at all. Was it any different when you were growing up? Come on, you didn't have social media probably. Come on, you were, come on. You know there were certain things you were wearing. I remember hairdos from the 80s. It's like, why? Ladies, why did you do that to yourself? Good Lord, that thing stood like three feet off the top of your head. But we did it. To feel important, to be seen, to be noticed, clout. We were, we were looking for that. And, and, and since I busted Zion out, I might as well come for Ella. So, so yesterday, Ella and I, we, we went to, we went to uh, Walgreens. Now she needed some, some makeup stuff. She's like, well, here's some cash. Go get it. She's like, no, come with me. I'm like, why? She's like, because I'm not done up. I look ratchet. You got to hide me. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So, so, so there I am. I'm walking now, here's the first thing that came out of my mouth. You shouldn't care what anybody thinks of you. But can I be honest? When I really thought about what I said, I realized that's kind of probably the dumbest thing I could ever tell her to do. You should care about certain things. You should care what other people think about you. Listen to me. You should care enough to brush your teeth. You should care enough to put on some deodorants. You should care enough to be nice to other people. Even if they're, you should care enough to put a smile on your face. Listen, listen, you should care enough when you cut me off to be like, I'm sorry, pastor. You should care what other people, the point I'm trying to tell you is it's okay to care what other people think. It's not okay to be controlled by what other people think of you. That's the point I should have made to my daughter yesterday. Girl, you look beautiful anyway. Come on, you don't need that makeup. You gorgeous. Because I made you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> In Matthew 20, what we see here is, is literally what Jesus has done is he's just, he's just I'm, not, I'm not giving you the whole context. I'm just kind of giving you the, this isolated portion. But in context, he's given his disciples these consecutive lessons about the kingdom of God. And what we know about Jesus is he did more than just preach the kingdom. Jesus demonstrated the kingdom of God. How many of you, you, you know the, the difference between a, 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 the good sermon you hear and then the good sermon you can hear and see? I, I do get accused sometimes of being a little childish in my illustrations, but I don't need you just to hear me. I need you to understand me. And because I'm still, a, I'm just an overgrown, I'm an adult kid. 
I have got no problem making sure you understand. I will bring out a checkerboard. Come on, you know. That's five feet by five feet. Just so I can illustrate to you. I don't just want to teach to you the kingdom. I want to demonstrate to you the kingdom. And that's what Jesus would do. Because growing up, I loved something called show and tell. I don't want to hear about your vocation. Show me. I, I, I don't want to hear about how cool your daddy is. Show me. I love show and tell. Here's what Jesus did. He wouldn't just tell us about the kingdom. He would sit there and show it. There's a kingdom where there's healing and wholeness and victory. I'm not just going to tell you about it. I'll bring healing and wholeness and victory. I will demonstrate what I know is happening in heaven. And so that's why he would heal the sick. That's why he would raise the dead. That's why he would cast out demons. That's why he would bring forgiveness to the unforgivable. Because he didn't want to tell us the kingdom. He wanted to demonstrate the kingdom. So the Bible tells us here in Matthew 20 that Mrs. Zebedee, again, I don't know her name, she came to Jesus with her two sons and she asks him a favor. And there in verse 21, I believe it's the, probably the most profound question that Jesus could ask. He says, what is it you want? Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We all have a list. What is it you want? Lord, I, 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 I want a new car. Lord, I, I want a new job. Lord, I, I need a new boyfriend. Hello, I don't know. You've got this list. we've all got them and and I think many times we get into trouble when we start offering up these plastic prayers to God because we want to sound righteous and we want to sound spiritual but in the end that's not really what you want don't you just love this woman's honesty I admire it because she says I want my boys to have VIP status I want them to have VIP seating in the kingdom and and but I've come to realize, Pastor Olga, I love people that are honest with me. Pastor Olga will tell you, if there's one thing I hate, I hate being lied to. Come on, just look me in the eyes and frickin' tell me the frickin' truth. You know what you did, just tell me. God knows what you did, just tell me. Because I'm going to find out eventually anyway, because he's a God of truth anyway. Just tell me. I'm not here to judge you, I'm here to help you. <laughs> I love honest people. Come on, you know, the, when that phone begins to ring and you see that certain name show up on your caller ID and you're just like, what do you want? <laughs> Come on, cut the crap. You don't ever call to check on me. You've never done that before. Just tell me what you want. I love being a parent. Because I know when my kids are starting to be extra nice to me. (laughs) Can I scratch your back, Daddy? Of course you can. But you're being suspicious. (laughs) What do you want? Takis? Okay, I got it. It just just happens. So naturally, I love when people just will come and tell me, this is what I want. Jesus tells this woman, ask her, what is it you want? And, And... and everything about what, what Mama Zeb did what was, was what I believe we should do. It's exactly what we should do. The first thing she does is she comes to Jesus. She, she comes to Jesus. She came to the right person. Come on, somebody. 
She, she came to, that's the first thing. And I believe we need to, to model that because does anyone else have something happening in your life right now and, and you realize that people can't fix this. Money can't help this. Even church can do nothing about it. Only God can correct this thing in my life. Only God can heal this thing in my life. Anybody got a testimony? I've tried to get other things to help me, but only God can come through for me. And that's why I came to church here today to receive something from the only one who can do something about my situation. Only he can heal me. Only he can deliver me. Only he can save me. Only he can bless me. So the first thing she does, she comes to Jesus. She comes to the right person. The second thing she does, she kneels before him. I mean, she had the right posture. Amen. Amen. This posture, we talked about this last week about king me. About I need to come underneath his authority, his, his kingship. And, and she recognizes his authority, so she kneels in his presence. I don't know what's happened to the American church, but somewhere along the way, we, 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 we maybe think we're just too good to get down on our knees like this and just say, you are Lord and I am not. You are king above all, and I submit to who you are. This is a great posture to be in when you come before the King of kings and Lord of lords. And then lastly, she brings her sons. She brings her offspring. She brings her future. That means she had the right priorities. Listen to me. I don't care how much your kids hate coming to church. You have the right priorities. You get their butts up and you get them to church. And if you need to yell at them a little bit, fine, yell at them. If you need to get them dressed, get them dressed. If you got to smack them around, smack them around. But get them in the house of God. Amen. Get them here. Amen. Amen. I, I love telling people I had a drug problem growing up. I was drugged to church on Sunday. I was drugged to church on Monday. I was drugged to, ch- I was drugged to church almost, except for Fridays, I was drugged to church six days out of the week. And look at me now. Come on, somebody. Get your priorities right and bring them kids. I don't want them to be baby's childs. Good. Bring them to the house of God. We'll help them become disciples. She had the right priorities. And I mean, look at this. I mean, what parent doesn't want the best for their kids, right? Just Mama Zeb just took this to a whole nother level of helicopter mother, Because these guys aren't young, ladies and gentlemen. These boys are probably in their 30s. At least James was. I mean, come on. Mama, I got a beard. But here she's bringing them to, to Jesus. And, and these two disciples aren't just, just any two disciples. If you have your Bibles, quickly flip me to Mark chapter 3. Because in Mark chapter 3, the Bible gives us an indication of who Jesus chose when he came to establish his kingdom. This is at the very forefront of his ministry. And, and here's what is important to know about Jesus. The people he picked are people with problems. This is good news for somebody today. <laughs> Jesus picked people who have problems. Does, does anyone ever just like me maybe get a little choked up when you realize I don't even deserve to be here? I get not like choked up, but I feel like throwing my hands up and just say, thank you, Lord, that you chose someone like me. So Mark 3 verse 13 says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and he called to him those that he wanted. Someone say he wanted. Whew. And they came to him and he appointed 12, designating them apostles that they might be with him 
and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Someone say authority. Come on, I didn't say they wanted attention. They had authority. We live in this, in this day and age where people can't even tell the difference between authority and attention. They can't tell the difference between greatness and fame. To all the young people in this room, those of you who are gathering your YouTube contents, yeah, well, you're trying to make yourself famous. And I just need you to know, hear me, young people. Everybody famous isn't great. And on the flip side of that, everybody great isn't famous. Look down your row. There's somebody sitting on your row right now. You don't even know their name, but there's a greatness on their life. When we, when we first meet people, there's kind, of this, there's kind of this way that we go about identifying them. We identify them by what they do, right? Hello, hello, hello. What's your name? Hi, Jessica. What do you usually follow that by? What do you do? So I got your name, but I don't really know who you are until I associate who you are with what you do. And what do you do? Nurse Jessica, <laughs> like I didn't already know. Uh, and this is how the conversation tends to go. And here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus called the disciples, I want you to check out this order. Notice the order. He called them first to be with him. First to be, oh, I love this order. So before he even identifies who they are as preachers, what they do, he calls them to be with him. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to catch this because in order for me to, to do what I do, I must understand who I am. What I do flows out of who I am. You, you, you call me a pastor, but, but what I do flows out of who I am. I'm a son of the most high God. That's my true identity. So before Jesus calls them to do it, he calls them to ultimately be it. And this is what you need to see about kingdom authority. If you really want some clout, get some kingdom clout. This kind of clout I'm talking about is not the external things that you do. Great. The external things you do are good, but the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you is what makes you great it's not your income it's it's not the number of followers it's not the number of clicks and likes you get on social media or or YouTube that's what the world says is great kingdom clout comes from knowing who you are from knowing whose you are and then ultimately because I know who I am and whose I am I can do what he has put me here to do Tiana, give me verse 13 again. Verse 13 again. Because I need you to see this. Who did Jesus call? Who did Jesus call? Woo! Before we even get to the 12, who did he call? Those he wanted. Doesn't it feel good to feel wanted? Amen. I'm about to help somebody's dating life right now. He called those that he wanted, that he wanted. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a difference between having clout and having a calling. He called those he wanted. Listen to me, if people can give you clout, then people can take it away. 
Oh, yes. Palm Sunday is my proof. People can holler out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And less than a week later, they change their mind about you. And though they gave you clout as king on Sunday, by Friday, they're hollering, crucify him. People's crazy. I can't get clout from them. I can't get influence and power from this world system. I have to realize that I am called and chosen. And that means I'm wanted. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're wanted. You're wanted. You are wanted. I don't mean like on a poster somewhere. Hello, somebody, right? You are wanted. I need you to see this. Jesus called those he wanted. He wanted. Do you, do you see what that means? That means that God has options. Pastor Olga's a fantastic cook, but I can't stand those times when she gives our kids options. I'm like, no, don't make them chicken nuggets in the microwave. Feed them this healthy, amazing food that you spent hours preparing. Come on, somebody. They can get nuggets on Monday when Chick-fil-A's open. Hello, come on. God has options, but if we're honest, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we hang out with certain people because they're the only people that are available. Sometimes we eat cereal with expired milk because it's the only thing in the refrigerator. Sometimes we don't have options. God has options, and he searches for exactly what he wants. And I don't mean to get biological on you here, Nurse Jessica, but I know this about my God. He fertilized the right egg at the right time, and that's why right now, no matter how small percentage it was, you are who you are, born where you were, when you were, and the purpose on your life is there before you were even formed in your mama's womb. So why are you going to walk around with all this self-doubt, feeling like God hasn't chosen you? I love what I heard one adopted kid say one time when when people used to tease him. Here's what this adopted kid would say. He'd say, my parents picked me. Yours got stuck. (laughs) I love that. Come on. That just makes me smile. Woo. what, what What am I basically saying? We've been adopted into the family of God. That means your heavenly father picked you. That means he wanted you on earth at this time period in Aurora, Illinois, in Impact Church, because he has a purpose and destiny only you could fulfill. Don't walk around like God don't love you. Don't walk around feeling bad for yourself. Walk around with your head held high. I am handpicked by God. Somebody help me praise the God who chose you. Somebody help me praise the God who loves you. You ain't got much money, but you're chosen. You don't feel very good about yourself, but you're chosen. People may not like you, but you are chosen. Put your hands together and let Satan know, even when I make stupid choices, I am chosen. Chosen. I'm chosen. And who did Jesus choose? He came to establish his kingdom and look at the people he appointed. Who did he really want? Look at verse 16. These are the 12 he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. You might know Peter more for his profanity than for his preaching. 
Come on, Peter was the guy around the fire cussing when Jesus was being beaten. Oh, I'm so thankful that God picks problematic people. <laughs> Hallelujah. And what's crazy is, look, 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 look. Here's the 12 year point. Look at Jesus' first round draft pick. Come on, if Jesus was doing this right, he would have put Judas first, right? Judas was the one with the education. Judas was the one who handled the money. He was, he was the wise one. He was the sneaky one. First round draft got to be Judas, right? He picks Peter. And, and yeah. Furman, I've realized that the world almost never picks correctly. Their first pick isn't Michael Jordan. They pick him third. Their first pick isn't Tom Brady. He's almost Mr. Irrelevant. Their, their, their first pick in 2017 when they, when they traded up was not Patrick Mahomes. They, they traded up and drafted somebody who's not even with the team anymore. Sorry, Bears fans. I love you all, but come on. That's your organization right there. They, we, 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 we don't always pick correctly. Why? Because the world never really knows what to look for. Because the world never actually looks on what's on the inside. We don't pick correctly, but when Jesus chose his disciples, his choosing was based on something he knew that other people did not know. And so the scripture tells us he chooses Simon first, and then he changes his name to Peter. Can you, I need you to know that Jesus loves giving out nicknames. Oh my God. In my family, everybody has a nickname. And everybody has multiple nicknames. You know him as Dylan. We call him Pickle, Pick, Dill Pick. My guy. You know him as, as, as Devin. We know him as Rev Dev, Dev, Chunks. My guy. You know him as Justice. Before he was formed in his mama's womb, I would lay my hands on him and I would call him my buddies, my buddies. To this day, I call him Buddy probably 10 times more than I call him Justice. You know her as Ella. I call her Ella Face, Ella Grace. Princess, get over here. <laughs> you know him as Zion. I call him Zai guy, Zai, Chion. All sorts of, my little guy. You know her as Evangeline. We call her Tange because Zion could not say Evangeline. He would call her Tangerine. So we started calling her Tange. Everybody got a nickname. Courtney is Court. Queen is K5. Reverina. It just said, you want to join my family? Get ready for your name to be changed. <laughs> this is just what we do. And who started all this? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody who's got a new name written down in heaven. My name is written in the Lamb's book. Of life. <laughs> Jesus started calling people what he knew they already were. Peter means rock. Jesus said, I can build on something like this. I can't build on Simon, but I can build on a rock. So he changed his name to, to Peter. And ladies and gentlemen, I need you to know the reason why Jesus will change the name is because he can see what you cannot see. He knows what's already there. That's why he will call you righteous even though you're still struggling with some kind of addiction. That's why he will call you healed even though you're still battling a sickness. That's why he will call you an influencer even though nobody knows who you are at this moment. That's why he calls you loved even though you hate yourself. He looks at you and he sees you for who you really are.
And even though the world might treat you like garbage, somebody put your hands together and thank him that he still sees the greatness he placed on the inside of you. I got to wrap this up. I know. I know. I got to wrap this up. But I'm not ready yet. So Jesus calls Peter. Well, he calls him Simon. Then he renames him Peter. And then the very next verse, look at verse 17. He calls the sons of Zebedee, James and John. And then he renames them as well. He gives them the nickname Boanerges. What the heck is Boanerges? The, the English translate, well, at least the, the King James translated it as, as sons of thunder. So, so James and, and John, John is the, the writer of the gospel named after him, called? John. Trick question, Pastor? No. John. Okay. He's named after the gospel of, of John. The gospel's named after him, John. So he, he looks at these two boys and he, and he gives them different names. John refers to himself in the Gospel of John as the disciple whom Jesus loves, but that's not what Jesus calls him. Jesus calls him Boanerges, which in Greek translates as hothead, hot-tempered, rage. <sighs> Clearly, these boys got some issues. Come on, somebody. Jesus knew they were that way, and he still chose them anyway. Who in here is struggling with something? Come on, come on. Who in here is dealing with some kind of Bad temper, hot tempered, bad attitude, some kind of bad issue. I swear if you don't raise your hand, the person next to you is going to do it for you. <laughs> I've got some issues, Pastor. I've been dealing with some things or things happening in my life, in my mind, in my, in my heart. And you need to know this. You need to know only God can look past what other people trip over and say to you, come on with me anyway. We've got a job to do. My kingdom is advancing, and I've called and chosen you to help me advance this thing called the kingdom of God. God is letting you know today, I chose you. So we have this in Mark 3. Peter, James, and John, and the other nine disciples he handpicks because he wanted them. Even Judas? Even Judas. Another sermon for another time. Because I could just stay there for a little while. Because I know there's some Judases in this room. Don't raise your hand. And he still wants you. But let's fast forward. Let's fast forward back to Matthew chapter 20. So back in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus looked at this, this honest mama and he says, what do you want? What do you want? Now to, to kind of give context to this, what do you want? After everything you've seen me do, what do you want? What, what is it that you want? And, and think about everything they've seen. They've seen Jesus' miracles. They saw a guy named Lazarus be raised back from the dead. They saw Jesus have compassion on the multitudes and then heal all of their diseases. They, they, they even saw Jesus on, on the other side, not just compassion. They saw Jesus flip tables over in the temple because ultimately they made the temple more about clout than about the kingdom. So they see every side of Jesus. And despite all that they have witnessed... Notice what they wanted. Give us VIP seating in your kingdom. Bro. I hate when my kids do this to me. Bro. I'm like, who are you calling bro? No, 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 no. Not you, daddy. No, no, no. But bro, after everything you've seen, you're focused on then and not now? 
what the? See, here's what I realized. You can't understand what they asked until you understand when they asked it. Verse 20, verse 20. Just three verses before this, look what Jesus says. Literally, three verses before the story, he says, Jesus going up to Jerusalem, on the way he took the 12 aside, and he said to them, verse 18, we are going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priest and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death, and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And then Mama Zebedee shows up. And says, will you give my boys VIP seating? The what begins to make so much sense when you understand when they asked it. Go back real quick to verse 17. This is the third time that Jesus has told his disciples about his impending death. The third time. Here's what's crazy. Whenever Jesus would talk to them about the cross, and he did so in very graphic language, detailed language, every time he would talk about the cross, they didn't even want to hear it. They literally, they rejected his word because it did not fit the narrative of what they wanted. This is not what the kingdom should be. You shouldn't be dying. No, 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 no. You should be here to overthrow the op oppressive Roman government. You should be here to overthrow this oppressive tax, uh, taxation system. You should be here to set us free and to set up David's kingdom. That's what you should be doing. They did not like what Jesus told them he was there to do. And ladies and gentlemen, are we any different in 2023? If God does something in our lives that doesn't align with our desires, don't we reject that? Don't we? No, God, I don't want that. I want nothing to do with that. No, don't tell me that. No, don't make me do that. No, don't make me go there. No, don't make me submit to that. No, I reject that. Karina will tell you that from time to time when we're out in public, people notice me. Not in the same way they notice Devin. They're like, ooh, that guy's handsome. How they notice me is like, aren't you that preacher on Facebook? I actually met, we met some sweet ladies the other day at, at Chili's. We were walking out, and these sweet ladies came up and was like, aren't you that Facebook preacher? I was like, I must be. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, uh, nice to meet you. I had a chance to talk to them, and, and I don't remember what else we really said, but it's like, this happens to me often, so somebody pray for me right now that I act right in public. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Because the only time I don't call my kids their nicknames is when I'm angry with them, and then they get, the, they get their biological name. Ella. Zion, Evangeline, I get it. Come on, you all know, you, you grew up in households like that. Right? You was Pookie and Bebe and Schnookums and, and then all of a sudden, Jessica Marie, right? They're like, okay, you know, right? Got the full name. You know how this works. Huh? In, 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 in the sense here, when I, when I meet these people, because they, 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 they know who I am, I don't try to put on a front. What you see is what you get. Ladies and gentlemen, Go hang out with me after church. What you see on this stage is what you will see in my house. Okay? Maybe not as obnoxious. Unless someone's getting in trouble. Then I'm really just rubbing it in. I'm like, oh, get a pastor on the door. My kids hate it, but I just love it. I'm just instigating it all. Hallelujah. It's my anointing. Hello. I instigate my children. I instigate demons. Come on, somebody. Let's go. Hey, I'll stir it up. So, I said I'll just simply say that there are these times when I will meet people and they will introduce me 
or introduce themselves to me with, with something like this. They'll be like, my name is so-and-so, but I'm really a nobody. Do you see why I have to preach this thing about the kingdom? I, I have to preach this because how many of you are walking around right now telling yourself, I'm nobody. I'm nothing special. I'm unimportant. But if you can hear the voice of God from heaven today speaking to your spirit, God is saying, you are not just a nothing. You are not just a student at Olivet. You are not just a single mom. You are not just a, a, a parent. You are not just a woman. You are not just a man. You are not just black. You are not just white. You are not just Latino. You are not just from wherever you're from. You are not just a Christian. Can you hear God speaking to you today and tell you, you are not just a nobody. I need somebody to tell the devil, get your hands off of my calling. Get your voice out of my head in the kingdom. I am somebody. In the kingdom, I am known. In the kingdom, I have authority. And in the kingdom, I have a father and he calls me his own. I am a son of the most high God. Yes. And you don't even have to know my name because I know the name above every single name. Don't come up to me and say I'm a nobody. I, I, just, I just come to this church and I sit in the back row. You're still somebody in the kingdom. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord anyway than dwell in the tents of the wicked. So no, amen, I, I am somebody. I am. Jesus says to this woman, he says, what do you want? And he says to them all, what do you want? And if we're honest, maybe we all just want the same thing. Maybe we really do. Maybe we all just really want the same thing. Now we go about it differently, but we all want the same thing. That's why some of you try sexual relationships. That's why some of you try drugs. Some of you are, are literally addicted to the bottle. This is, this is why others of us, we, 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 we try fame and fortune. And, and others of us, we try different religions. Because in the end, we're all looking for the same thing. We're just going about it different ways. But ladies and gentlemen, all, the, all those things are not what you really want. If, it, if we deduce it to just two things, what we really want is significance we want security. I, 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 I want to feel like I matter, and I want to feel safe. That, that's really probably all it is at the end of the day. And unfortunately, we have this habit of attaching our significance and our security to our status. Or we uh, attach our significance and our, our security to stuff. Come on, any honest people in the room here today? And we attach our significance, our security to these things, and it's not enough. Listen to me. Those of you who make five figures right now, you can make six figures. You can make seven figures. I pray somebody in this place starts making eight figures. Hello. Amen. But it will never be enough for significance and security. Right now, you can have 10 followers on Facebook. <laughs> you can have hundreds. You can have thousands. You could have millions. I don't think it's possible to have millions, but maybe on YouTube, millions of, of followers, but it will never be enough. And this is the trap that these two boys fall into in the scene that we read here today. They get caught up because out of all the people that Jesus could have chosen, James and John are part of the 12. But it wasn't enough. Out of all the fishermen that Jesus could have picked from in the Sea of Galilee, he picks four of them. James and John are part of that too. Two out of four. But it wasn't enough. This is more crazy to me. Out of those four fishermen, Jesus had three favorites. Peter, 
James, and John. The fourth one was Andrew. Poor Andrew. Come on, you better say, dang, man, poor dude. Who's Andrew? A A Andrew is the guy who didn't even make the top three, but he's the one who brought Peter, his brother, to Jesus. What is my point? Hear me. Sometimes you have no clue how God is going to use you. Sometimes you're going to be just like Andrew, and you're not fi defined by what you do. You're defined by the people you empower to do greater things. I'm looking for somebody that's willing just to get low so somebody else can go up. I'm looking for somebody that says, I'm not just anointed to be seen. I'm anointed to make sure other people get elevated, and they can fulfill their purpose in life. Here's what I love about our, our worship team. Kristen did this so well for me today. I love when they get up here and they just get crazy. I love it. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Let's go. Cankle deep. Ways deep. All the way in. Let's go. Hallelujah. I'll, yes. Karina's carrying a baby right now and she's out praising some of you who have perfect health. Come on, somebody. I love this stuff because when I see them doing these things, it gets me excited. It actually helps me do my job better because they're not making it about them. They're making it about Jesus. And now, I, yes, now I can jump on. I can do my job because it isn't about me. It's about Jesus. And you need to know some of you are Peter and others of you are Andrew. And the only thing we know about you is you are the reason Peter showed up on the scene. You're the reason Peter became a preacher. You're the reason Peter is called the rock. Thank you, Andrew. You're the man, Drew. I love you. Thank you. I got to finish. My point is just simply this. Some of us don't want to be Andrew because we have the mindset of the kingdoms of this world. The kingdoms of the world, what are they about? The kingdoms of this world are all about achievements, accomplishments. But the kingdom of heaven, it's all about awareness. It's all about seeing the invisible, about sensing what God is doing. The kingdom of this world defines greatness as what can I get? When can I get it? When, when will I have it? Come on, when will I lose it? When will I gain it? That's the definition of greatness in this world. And I need to know, when will you stop allowing the world to define what God has destined and designed? God has made you great. I said, God has made you great. I didn't say you feel great about yourself. I said, God has made you great. That means you have God's approval. You have God's authority. You have God's anointing. God takes ownership over you. And that's the greatness that needs to define your life. You are not a nobody. Jesus did not come to this planet for a nobody. Jesus was not whipped and beaten for a nobody. Jesus was not hung on a tree and bled out for a nobody. Jesus was not buried in a tomb for three days for a nobody. And Jesus did not resurrect from the dead for a nobody. You are not a nobody. Sorry, that's bad grammar. But it's the truth. God has placed his greatness on you. And I didn't seem to know, is anybody here ready to tell yourself and every hater you've got, I'm somebody in the kingdom. I'm somebody in the kingdom. I'm done being a clout chaser. I want to be a Christ follower. I'm somebody in this kingdom. Let me finish with this. Because again, I'm a visual learner. So I want to illustrate this. Nurse Jessica, can you come here for just a moment? 
Thank you. Come here, Nurse Jessica. Nurse Jessica, you're going to be uh, Mother Zebedee. Thank you, Mother Zebedee. Uh, let me see. Okay, can I use real quick, sir? Okay, good. And let me use a, a brother from another mother. Come here, Tommy. Here, here, here. All right. You guys are going to be James and John for me. To brothers, not twins. Mama Zebedee, would you so kindly bring your boys to me? I'll, just, I'll play Jesus for a moment. Just, just, just bring those boys to me. There we go. There we go. Now, I don't, I don't know what happened here. I don't know how this played out. I wasn't there. But we do know someone kneeled. Okay? We do know that someone got low. We know that Mama did it. Okay? Sorry, Mama. I don't mean to make you bow. But, but boys, we might as well. Might as well. Come on. Might, might as well. Right. Now, here's the crazy thing. She asks of Jesus... Would you do me a salad? Would you do me a favor? Would you please allow one of my sons to sit at your, your right hand and one of my sons to sit at your left hand when you come into the kingdom? <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's the revelation I want you to catch today. Sometimes you don't realize that what you're asking for, you already have. Somebody better open up your faith today and open up your understanding today. You are sitting here asking for things of God that are all, they're already there. It's already happening. It's already provided. Could they sit at your right and your left hand? And she missed. This is not in the sweet by and by. It's already happening now. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to stand on your knees, but ladies and gentlemen, you need to know this here today. This is not about one day when I get to heaven. This is about Jesus. What are you doing here? and now this is why are we so focused on the future when God has a purpose and plan for you in the present moment of your life I need to know is there any faith in this room here today somebody that will stand up and identify themselves I'm not just here to ask God for things I believe God is already making it happen I believe he's already made the way so instead of being worried about the future instead of being focused on heaven I'm gonna say your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. Somebody put your hand together and let your faith know today. I'm not asking, hoping one day it will happen. I'm asking, believing it's already done. With our hands raised all over this room, thank you all. Thank you. With our hands raised right now. Could it be at this very moment? It's already happening. You don't even know it yet. Come on, throw up your hands in faith today with me. Do you realize you can be called and chosen by God and not even know it yet? Do you realize that some of you are so focused on the, on the future, you are missing what God is doing right here and right now? My God, my God, don't wait till heaven to get close to God. If we, have, if we have church multiple times next week, do everything you can to get here with us because it's what God is doing right now here in this place with our hands raised. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you preach that the kingdom is not far off. It's not distant. It's not found in signs. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's now. It's happening now. Come on, every grateful person in this room, I want you to help me celebrate the God who not only brought you from, but the God who's going to bring you into he's got greater things for our lives this year put your hands together raise your voice and declare it i'm already there he already loves me 
He's already forgiven me. I'm already chosen. I'm already a son. I'm already a daughter. He already knows me. And God is doing it now. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is here. It is within you. It is now. No more cloud chasing. Let's chase after Christ. Let's chase after the kingdom. Let's be followers of Jesus. If you'll help me right now with our hands raised, whoever this is for, I speak to these desires of your heart, this need to be wanted, to be approved of. Young people, I speak especially over you. Whether you hear me or not, I'm speaking over your spirits. Whether you're listening to me or not, I'm speaking over your life. More than just the need to be accepted and approved by people of this world. Because they can give approval one day and then they can cancel it the next. It's the system of this world. So stop chasing after people that don't even see you anyway. To the adults in this room, can I encourage you to stop acting like teenagers? Stop dressing for people's approval. Stop doing things for, for people to notice. No, no, no. You adults in this room, just be secure in who you are. Your significance comes from whose you are. You are a child of the Most High God. And I rebuke every lie of the enemy. Every deceitful notion that you are not good enough. Hear me in your spirits. You were never good enough, and God chose you anyway. And he, by his spirit and by his grace, has made you worthy of the calling and the anointing and the assignment he has placed on your life. So to him alone be the honor. To him alone be the praise. To him alone be the glory, now and forever. Let all of God's people, his chosen, called, anointed people, raise your voice, put your hands together, and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know who I am.